Church, as we prepare to read God's word today, let us pray to the Lord for illumination. All-knowing, loving God, we come to you at this time asking for your spirit to move through these words and our minds. Enlighten us to the, mis the mysterious and beautiful movement of your spirit in our lives and of those around us. May we desire to be humble and filled with life and joy, no matter the pitfalls we face in this life. For we know you eagerly await us to join you in glory in the next. Amen. Our scripture passage today comes from selected verses in Genesis chapter 41. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and there came up out of the Nile seven sleek and fat cows, and they grazed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and thin cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. And Pharaoh awoke. Then he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. Then seven, ear, uh, seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind, sprouted after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Pharaoh awoke and it was a dream. In the morning, his spirit was troubled, so he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them of his dream, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my faults today. Once Pharaoh was angry with his servant and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I, each having a dream with its own meaning. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it turned out. I was restored to my office, and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph. And he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not I. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh told Joseph about his dreams. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are the seven years, as are the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he's about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. After them, there will arise seven years of famine, and all of the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. The plenty will no longer be known in the land because of the famine that will follow. 
for it will be very grievous. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me ask you something, church. In honesty, it's really a few things. Have you ever been an outcast? Have you ever had your social status completely destroyed? Have you ever felt like you were in a pit in life? If so, you're here today, and if you're out of that pit, I ask you, what brought you out? I have a few guesses of some things. It could have been a friend of yours. Very likely could have been a stranger. Could have been a mentor, maybe a book that you read. But was it ever a dream? You see, when we say that God moves in mysterious ways, the story of Joseph's life is a great example of this. See, as a boy, he grew up to be his father's favorite. Then, because of his brother's jealousy of this, he was thrown into a literal pit later to be sold off as a slave. And then it is years later that Joseph ascends from slave to a valuable member of his master's home. And, you know, things are going really well for Joseph. He is uh, respected. He's prosperous. He's at his physical peak. All things in life were good until he was again thrown into a pit after being falsely accused of a crime. And today we pick up in our passage, seeing Joseph once again rising from that pit to a place of promise and prominence. It's crazy to think about, but Joseph was literally thrown into physical pits multiple times in his life. But it made me wonder... Did Joseph ever find himself in the pits of his own mind? Being seemingly forgotten about by his oppressors, being abandoned and betrayed by his very own family, we can see how easy it would be for Joseph to become angry or depressed. But through it all, Joseph somehow sees God's steadfast love continuing to be with him in each situation. In every pit, both physical and mental, God never abandoned or forgot about Joseph. Now, I've thought back on times in my life when I simply had no idea what I was doing. I have a feeling that's like what your 20s are about. Um, But there's also times where I felt lost or I was in the midst of a mess that I most certainly got myself into. And the feeling of being overwhelmed by thoughts of failure and self-doubt can sometimes be just the start of a very downward slope mentally. But you see, for Joseph, by the time he was 30, having been abandoned by his family, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, and then rising, becoming respected only to be accused falsely by his owner's wife to be thrown into prison. He had become an outcast to society 
and he had been forgotten about twice. Joseph's life was seeming to follow a nightmarish pattern. But he knew all along that God would work all things out. And he started to use the gifts that God had given to him to be able to see the hope and the ways out of those pits to the freedom of God through the Holy Spirit. In our passage today, Joseph had previously interpreted two fellow prisoners' dreams, one for the king's cupbearer and one for the king's baker. The dreams came true as Joseph interpreted, which saw the cupbearer established back to his role, and then the baker was killed. So when we think about this, certainly the cupbearer would want to remember the man that foresaw his freedom, the man who had used his gift to help him. He'd want to repay the favor, right? Certainly, right? We, we all would. But what actually happens in reality is that the cupbearer either forgets about Joseph or a more cynical look on it is that the cupbearer simply ignored him for two years. And in those two years, it took for the Pharaoh to have his dreams and then the Pharaoh could not find anyone to interpret those dreams. And then finally, the cupbearer remembers Joseph in the time he interpreted his dream. So then after two years, Joseph is sent for by the Pharaoh. He is rapidly shaved, put into new clothes, and presented before Pharaoh. Hold on. There's one thing I want us to grab here that we can, in this long passage, so easily glimpse over. Because I want us to recognize this amazing part of the story that speaks to the redemption and that God never forgets us. And that is something very simple, is that, Je is that Joseph is put into new clothes before seeing the Pharaoh. And we may say, Oh, of course, he's been in prison for two years. He's filthy. He should look presentable before the Pharaoh. But as we dig deeper into Joseph's story, let's think back to how Joseph ended up into that prison. It was because of Potiphar's wife who falsely accused Joseph of assaulting her when she was the one making unwanted advances upon him and she ripped off a piece of his clothes as he ran away. And so in her accusations, this piece of evidence that sealed his fate was his very own piece of clothing. So then what sets Joseph free, or, or really what, what is put before Joseph when he comes out of this pit is a new set of clothing. What had sent him in is now representing him free. And I think that we can all relate to putting on a fresh t-shirt, item of clothing. Maybe it's fresh out of the dryer. It's warm. It fits right. You feel good. You look good. It's important, and it is a memory. But how much better did those new clothes feel to Joseph? going beyond just the physical, how they felt, but what they represented. 
as a start to a new life and that God had not forgotten Joseph even in his old clothes. So now in his fresh clothes before Pharaoh, we clearly can see the movement of the Holy Spirit in Joseph again. He makes it known to the Pharaoh that it is not he, but the Lord God who interprets the dream and gave Pharaoh the dream in the first place. Which is incredible to think about because Joseph has this gift and he has set others free using it so he knows that he can use this to set himself free. Wouldn't we think that Joseph in this situation would be tempted to take credit? Especially because it is in front of the most powerful person in all of the land. But he doesn't. For his journey in life and in faith had shown that God has brought a true sense of humility and dependence upon the Lord and not just on Joseph's own strengths or gifts. So then humbly and without anger expressed towards the cupbearer that forgot him, Joseph indeed does, by the blessing of the Holy Spirit, interpret the Pharaoh's dream correctly thus saving the Egyptian people and all of those living around the country of Egypt, for they would be the only ones without food. And what's fascinating is next week we will get to hear more about how this would even save Joseph's own brothers that threw him in a pit and sold him as a slave. And I want to take us back because we may have heard this saying before, maybe you heard it for the first time today, that the Lord works in mysterious ways. Maybe it's just humble ways. But for Joseph, those mysterious ways looked like this. Being thrown into multiple pits, sold into slavery, imprisoned, and given a gift that helps others but leaves him forgotten. But in truth, Joseph was constantly within God's powerful presence and steadfast love. It is also true that the Spirit was working through others, not just Joseph. That includes the cupbearer and the baker who were imprisoned and had those dreams. And it also means the head of the guards who had trusted Joseph enough to put him in charge of looking after other inmates and be able to talk to them which ultimately led to the chance of being able to interpret the cupbearer and baker's dreams. And yes, also the Pharaoh. The Spirit also worked through the Pharaoh who does not even believe in the same God that Joseph worships. It is the movement of the Spirit through the Pharaoh that gave Pharaoh the dreams of the future. In all of these things, in all of these people, we see the mighty works of God through the Holy Spirit. And for us, the picture is clear because hindsight is twenty twenty. but also we are on the outside looking in. So when we think about those who are in the story, and we think about how they must have felt in the midst of this, they likely at times felt lost, misguided, confused. For all of these things were not good things that happened to them. But ultimately, 
They led to great things and the preservation of thousands of lives and the Lord God being glorified and known in a land he had not been known before. So I want us to recall these examples as we go through life and even when we are in our own pits. And no matter how long you may find yourself there, there's the power of the Holy Spirit to use you and other unlikely and crazy resources to glorify God through you and your journey. God was with Joseph through each pitfall and each rising. From the pits of death to the promise of new life fulfilled, the Spirit was key, preparing the way and in steps revealing what is next, even if the end result wasn't seen for years. And we would be mistaken, church, to believe that God only uses the Holy Spirit in and through believers or followers of God. For throughout the life of Joseph, we see that the Holy Spirit is sent and used in others to bring Joseph where he needs to be. The Spirit gives Pharaoh the dream. It reminds the cupbearer of the young Hebrew that had interpreted his dreams. And these two people were not followers of the Lord. But they experienced the Holy Spirit and they saw the indwelling of God in Joseph. There's a fancy theological term for this in the United Methodist Church. It's one that I teach our confirmands every year. It's called provenient grace. And that means the Holy Spirit going before us in life, leading us to God, even if we are unaware. The Pharaoh and the cupbearer didn't know it was God that gave them the dreams. And they didn't know how, would, how it would impact their lives. Yet through these things, the Holy Spirit was working to reveal God and some of God's plan to them without them even realizing that they were in fact a part of God's plan. It is valuable that we remind ourselves that the Spirit of the Lord indeed works in mysterious ways, which includes working through those who don't even call themselves Christians, through your dreams or through periods of drought, and that the Spirit even moves when we feel as though we are in a pit. No matter how deep that pit is, or how many times you have fallen or been forcefully thrown into that pit, I pray that we remember the example of Joseph, and that we remember that the very same Spirit that brought Joseph out of each and every pit works in and through us each and every day, and also through those around us. Amen.